Welcome to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast, the show where we discuss what it takes to create a sustainable long-term online business in today's fast-moving environment. We talk with industry experts and freelancers alike to find out what it takes to build and manage a location-independent business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. If this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast about online business, e-commerce, freelancing, entrepreneurship and helping others who are looking to work in a situation that allows them the freedom to work remotely, be that from home or when you travel on the road. My goal here is to share inspiring stories and practical advice on how you can build and manage a location independent business. In today's episode, I speak with Crunch from Singapore, who works as a teacher, but also writes show notes for podcasts and works as a freelance writer. She got started working online in Costa Rica, is currently in Singapore and will soon be heading off to Canada to continue her travels and work remote. Hope you enjoy this episode, digitalnomadcafe.com. Crunch, thank you for coming on the podcast and welcome to the show. I'm absolutely thrilled to be here. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. So yeah, can you just talk a little bit more to, um, you know, what it is that you do and why you decided that, you know, this was a route that you wanted to take? Uh, I kind of just fell into what I do. And okay, so maybe I should start with what I do. I actually write content for small businesses, like blog articles, um, any sort of content. I've done landing pages, I've done um, other types of articles, usually ghostwriting. So they kind of take their name and put it on work that I've written. So um, that's the kind of content writing I do. And I did get started with writing podcast show notes, actually quite by accident when I was traveling in Costa Rica and a friend thought that I would be a good fit to write show notes. And she was like, why don't you give it a shot? <laughs> I was like, why not? <laughs> no, absolutely. And and was um, yeah. were you in Costa Rica on holiday at that time? Or were you, yeah, what, what was, you know, what brought you over there? No, so it uh, might make more sense if I give you a bit of intro on to like how I started traveling. So I've been traveling since 2013, so that makes five years this year. And um, I was traveling around South America, Central America. I ran out of money. I started, I got my TEFL, uh, Teaching English as a Foreign Language Certification, and uh, started teaching English in Costa Rica. And that's where I met this girl who was working for this podcasting company, and she read my blog a few times which like it's just a personal blog at that time so uh, she'd read it and she thought that I was a good writer and she said hey why don't you you know make a little bit of extra income on the side and it's completely remote the company is actually based in Canada so we're just looking for a new writer so if you're interested why not give it a shot and that's kind of how I fell into writing and in the last sign of six to eight months I've been trying to expand my reach and reach out to more clients but it's it's been a struggle <laughs> yeah look it's it, it's not easy you know it's definitely not an easy thing to do and uh, like I probably mentioned this on every podcast at this stage but like I began as a freelance writer that was what I used to do 500 words for ten dollars back in Thailand um in ironically 2013 um you know so that was that that was part of what I started with and it, it's important to try and get those big, you know, big orders in because otherwise it, it can be a struggle to be a writer. You know, it's definitely difficult. But, and uh, you know, in terms of the TEFL, like when you teach English in Thailand, I had done the TEFL, the online one, and I was going to go to Thailand and teach English. And then I realized 
you know, I could make as much in maybe a week, two weeks writing articles for people as I could in a month as a teacher, you know, with a lot more of a relaxed lifestyle than, you know, having actually go into a school and deal with children and do all that sort of jazz, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's absolutely right. Was it, was it the same for yourself, you know, in terms of like, did, did the writing work transition out the need to teach English or did you keep both on at the same time? Uh, well, actually, I got my uh, career started in Singapore when I graduated from university teaching English. So I've been teaching on and off for about six years now. And teaching English is something I kind of enjoy, but also do out of necessity just to keep extra money coming in at this point in my business where I'm not entirely dependent on my writing income at the moment. <laughs> so teaching English is something I do right now as a supplementary income thing to kind of balance the books, so to speak. Keep, keep the lifestyle going, you know what I mean? So no, look, look, that's fine. And um, yeah, I mean, so in terms of you know, find a new work, new work, and find a new clients and things like that. Have you used any of the traditional, um, you know, websites, things like Upwork, Fiverr, or you know, how are you going about it yourself to try and you know acquire new clients and help to build up that business for yourself so you can keep traveling? Mm, so I've used Upwork. Um, I'm also on Freelancer. I think that's the website. Yes, but I'm not a huge fan of these platforms because the wages are so depressed in the sense that there are lots of people from Vietnam or India, the Philippines, who are offering what I offer at a much, much, much lower rate, so to speak. And I do feel that I contribute some extra level of value to my clients. So I've kind of moved away from those traditional um, freelancer portals and platforms because I feel that it's not worth my time at this point. So uh, lots of people on those websites are just looking for cheap kind of articles to be written, like $5 for a thousand word article. I can't, you know, pay the bills with $5 for a thousand word article. Maybe some other people can, and there's no harm in doing that if you're just starting out. But I feel like I have some credentials. I do have experience writing. I have a couple of degrees and, you know, so I feel that I can charge more for that. And right now, how I'm finding clients is mostly through word of mouth referrals. So I've worked with a couple of clients. I've reached out to people that I have um, indirectly worked with uh, through my podcast show notes. So they're clients of my clients, so to speak. And they come on their podcast and I find out that they might have a need for a writer as well. So I reach out to them and um, try to get some sort of contacts in that way and I'm also a big fan of Facebook groups because those are a treasure trove of jobs actually and work because lots of people are just on Facebook all the time and they post information of jobs that they have available or you know hey I need somebody to write three blog articles or whatever and people on Facebook seem to have a higher uh, budget than people on freelancer and Upwork. No, I know what you're saying. Like, it's definitely a, a challenge, to, you know, to build. If you want to command, you know, proper prices on those platforms, you need to really 
put in a lot of groundwork and do a lot of cheap jobs initially, you know, to, to build up the profile, build up the rate and build up the hours. Because, I mean, a lot of people go on there and hire and they'll filter by, you know, minimum five stars, minimum 100 hours worked, minimum $1,000 earned. You know, like when you when I go in there, I have a default. I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. I put in my filters and, it, you know, it would exclude a lot of people because I guess I just I've had the experience you know, of, of using these platforms for a long period of time. But when you're a new freelancer, when you're starting out and when you're trying to build it, it's difficult, you know, and you have to do a lot of pitching. And I spoke in the last, um, in a previous episode with uh, Ava and, you know, she did a lot of that work initially. Like it took a year, a year and a half. And, you know, now she's finally at the point where, uh, you know, she can charge the sort of price that she was looking for and Upwork as well. You know, I mean, there's there's no clarification of this, but you know she spoke to maybe their algorithm. You know the more jobs you do, technically the more money you're making them because they're taking twenty percent. Then the more likely they are to recommend you. So you come up like let's say I post a job, I need a writer, and you know it'll offer me some suggested people. Like those are the people who are consistently doing the work and putting out the job. So I mean you ha- you have to you have to kind of be consistent with it, you know, and unfortunately. Uh, in the initial stages you have to put in a lot of work and for some people that's just not feasible you know <laughs> like you're saying facebook groups are a brilliant place like that's where i connected with you it's where i collect with an awful lot of online entrepreneurs and it is probably where i get the majority of my um podcast guests you know is from different groups that i'm in and i see people who post regularly people who are quite active i know what people do and you know I, i'm just trying to bring people on here and share their stories and share what it's really like you know like um, what it's really like to build, you know, be it a freelance writing business or an SEO business or a web design business, just to show that, you know, it's it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but here's like some people who are actually doing it. This is, no, but, you know, it's legit. And I think it's important to see that because when you see the digital nomad thing flaunted on social media, it typically is, you know, somebody in Bali with their stage photo on their laptop in a swimming pool or something stupid like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Bali used to be Chiang Mai. It's Bali now, isn't it? And uh, Medellin and Colombia, that's another spot. But look, look, there's nothing. Look, I get what they're doing. You know what I mean? Like different people have different agendas and therefore they're selling different things. You know what I mean? Services, influencers, whatever. But, you know, we're talking about freelance writing and ghostwriting and things like that. So with regards to Facebook groups, would this be a part of your, you know, weekly routine now to make sure that you're posting in these groups, maybe answering questions? Like, do you actually, you know, proactively engage in these groups because you know that it'll show a return over time? Um, I don't. I don't think I would say that I proactively engage. I mean, I engage when I feel that I have something of value to contribute, not just, you know, if somebody posts a silly question that you could obviously find the answer to on Google. I'm not going to say like, oh, I've got this information (laughs) because I don't feel like that's contributing value. But if somebody is asking a legitimate question that I feel that I might have an actual experience or some sort of information that would help them in a true and valuable way, then I would contribute that because I'm not really the kind of person who, who would answer a question just for the sake of being seen. I don't feel like that's where I, you know, work best. It's, that's not my style. So, but then again, on these port like portals, it's, it's usually just a matter of trying and like consistently. Like, if you see a job post that looks interesting, reach out, PM them, and actually, you know, answer their question. Don't send something generic because that's not gonna get your response. You know, just because they're asking you for a blog write 
a blog writer for a particular industry. Don't just say, hey, I'm a blog writer, I can help you. And this is my rate. Actually try to find out more about what they do or like find out more information about the kind of article work that they need and actually sell yourself in a way that makes sense to them so that they can see the value that you're contributing. I think that's the best way to uh, kind of build those connections and uh, get the work that you are looking for. Yeah, no, perfect. And uh, have you found yourself that you, you've niched down or would you still, or would you maintain a kind of a wide portfolio of, of writing jobs? Uh, everybody says that you need to niche down to kind of, you know, build yourself, build up your game. But I haven't found a niche that is my true calling or where I find myself to be working best. So right now I'm still kind of dabbling in many different industries. Some of the industries that I've worked with are social media, I've worked with logistics companies, accounting companies, a fashion company. And it's interesting just to see, you know, like the kind of writing that they require and the kind of writing styles that they require, what kind of content they need. And so far I haven't found like something that I'm really passionate about. So I'm still looking to find my niche. No, look, that's fine. I'm just curious, you know, because uh, as somebody who used to write, I'd write on everything from Yankee candles to anal bleaching creams. Like I literally wrote about <laughs> everything when I was writing. I'm not joking. Things I didn't know existed. And, uh, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I it's mean, it's challenging. Learn about something as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Yeah, yeah. But it can be challenging, too. But, um, you know, there's definitely I mean, there's value in niche now, too, because you become a subject. Uh, you know, you, a bit of a subject matter expert or, you know, like you just kind of pull from your previous knowledge and it, it makes things a little bit easier. It can be hard sometimes to, you know, pivot into something you've never done before because, you know, there can be quite a bit of research. You might need, you might not understand, especially if you're doing things that are technical or medical or something, you know, like those things can be just challenging, you know, make your head hurt when you're writing. Whereas if you're writing, you know, about travel or about business, a lot of the times it's, uh, well, anyway, me personally, I just found it a lot easier than those, you know, sort of high, technical articles and things like that you know yeah fair enough but I also do appreciate learning something new when I'm doing something so I do get bored quite easily so for me keeping my options open and like keeping my niche kind of broad and taking on clients from different industries like sure I'm not a subject matter expert but in terms of my own personal development I think I get more out of it in the fact in the idea that I kind of learn a lot just by doing research for these articles and maybe it does take a little bit longer but I feel like I'm a more well-rounded individual at the end of it. <laughs> no absolutely in the previous episode with um, Eva who also does podcast show notes she was saying the reason she got into it was she got to kill two birds with one stone you know she's like I learn I know but seriously she's like I learn from these people in their podcast and then I have to write up the notes about it so it's like I'm doing two things at once I'm, I'm learning about what I want to learn be that online business SEO email marketing things like that but I'm also getting paid to do it you know so uh, so it was like this is the perfect storm you know so like you're learning and you're doing all at the same time and it's something you're interested in and actively engaging so it doesn't doesn't necessarily feel like work you know a lot of the times and if you enjoy what you do it doesn't um doesn't mean that there's not difficult days or there's days where you don't want to do it or you're not motivated but you just you know like obviously we're all human here like nobody's a robot but at the same time yeah I mean if you can find something like this and you know it's a, it's a good tip too for freelancers and people who are looking to get into this instead of you know if you can find industries that you're actually interested in like maybe you're super into CrossFit and super into keto diet and things like that you know then maybe that's your niche if you want to be a writer and start reaching out to blogs like that and join the Facebook groups like that and 
you know, trying to try, trying to get those sort of clients where, you know, you would actually enjoy writing about it versus, you know, like I'm saying, Yankee Candles and Home Decker. Well, I, I hated it. It was like pulling teeth, but I had to do it because I was in Thailand and I was broke. So, um, so could we talk a little bit? To, so whereabouts are you based now? I'm currently in Singapore at the moment, but I'm leaving Singapore in a couple of weeks at the end of November to go to Colorado to spend Christmas with a friend. And after that, in January, so we're planning to spend uh, the new year in Mexico, somewhere in Mexico. We haven't figured out yet where yet. So that's the rough idea right now. I've actually been in Singapore for a while now because I've had to look after my mum. And that's one thing I really appreciate uh, about this lifestyle and it's the freedom and flexibility that it gives me to kind of deal with what I need to deal with. You know, so my mom recently had to go for a surgery and it was her dominant arm. So she wasn't able to do much for herself. So I was at home looking after her. And I feel like if I had a regular nine to five, I wouldn't be able to take three months off work just to look after my mom. And, you know, if I took three months off work, I would not be getting a salary. It would be unpaid leave. And, you know, I'd just be very frustrated, you know, not doing anything productive. So this has been great. <laughs> For sure. Look, there's times where you just have to be there for your family, you know, and if you work freelance and if, if you work, you know, running your own thing, at least it gives you an opportunity to, to try and balance those things. I mean, it's not going to be without its headaches. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you still have to do some work, but, you know, at least you can be there for your mom when she needs you, you know, and that's that's important. Um, So, look, along the way, and, you know, like like you mentioned to me just before the call, I mean, like you're not too far into your journey, but, you know, you've been traveling for a long number of years and kind of using the teaching English model as, as the way to fund your travels and the freelance writing and thing is only you're only starting to ramp it up now. So like you're saying, it's about letting people know who you are and what you do. It doesn't necessarily matter that you have a big fancy website or, you know what I mean? Amazing image. Your images are actually funny. I love it on your website. I'll make sure to link to it from the show notes. But like you're showing like stressed out trying to write and stuff. It's funny. You know what I mean? It's a good, it shows you have a good personality, you know, right from the get go. And I think that's important, you know, uh, to, to, you know, to get across like that. And look, these once again, Facebook groups, you know, and, and showing up and, and adding value and just letting people know who, who it is, what you do. So, um, just out of curiosity, so if somebody was hovering over your profile on Facebook, do they see right away what you do? Because this is something that I, I, I always find curious. I No, I don't think so. <laughs> Not on my personal profile, but I do have a page for my writing gigs. There's not much on it. I just had to create it so that I could link it to my Instagram <laughs> Yeah, no, look, 100%. I mean, I have a page for this podcast and like the page doesn't do jack unless you pay for it. You know, like I find Instagram stories to, to be the best thing that's working for me right now. You know, like I'll, I'm tagging people and screenshotting stuff and tagging like that's been the best method for me to help grow the podcast. And, you know, in terms of like using social media for it, if, if you get what I'm saying, S similar to what you're saying there is connecting with like minded people, connecting with freelancers, online business owners, things like that, screenshotting stuff, sharing it on your story, tagging them, you know, things you like, you know, I, I love branding pages, you know, pages that even though I'm terrible at it myself because i'm not a graphic designer but i i appreciate good design <laughs> and, you know like so i follow a bunch of these pages and um freelancers and look you know like that that's what i found to work for me so it's interesting that you know you find instagram to be the thing that works and facebook groups not necessarily facebook pages and you know in your industry as a freelancer look you have a, a website where somebody can see 
who you are, what you do, and a contact form. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's sufficient, you know, <laughs> in terms of, um, you know, what, what you're trying to do. So I think at this point in my career, it's, it's all that I need right now, just something where somebody can see what I do and get in touch if they're interested to find out more. Um, maybe if further down the road, if I do develop some sort of um, other packages or other offerings in terms of like, content creation packages or like marketing strategies for businesses then there could be more information on the website but for now it's not a priority fair enough and so just to to clarify there so did you pay for any you know mentorship or courses or coaching along the way no i haven't not yet i am thinking about it i don't know if i am ready for it at this point i'm not entirely sure how a mentor might be able to help. I I don't know. I haven't thought about a mentor or mentorship program or anything like that at this moment. Look, that's cool. You know, I'm just curious. Uh, I I would ask everybody, but sometimes people have a course, you know, that it was this course that led me on this path. And it's always, it's always good to get into context for people, you know? Um, If you're asking about courses, I do try to kind of keep my skills up to date or if a client asks me if I can do a certain thing and I can't, then I try to get on like Coursera or Udemy or edX and all of these platforms. They've got great courses available and you can kind of run through them in a week and kind of figure out what you need to know. (laughs) So in case somebody else writes, you know, asks about that in the future. So that's kind of what I've been doing. Kind of, yeah, yeah, piecing it together as I go. No, look, that's cool. You know what I mean? It's, it's all good. And I suppose, and then for in terms of managing, you know, your day-to-day management, your project management of clients and things like that. So, you know, what would be some tools that you would use on the regular to help run the business? Um, a lot of my clients like Google Drive and it's universal almost. So everybody has Google Drive. So that's a great platform for everybody to share documents and like, it's also where I keep track of my uh, expenses, my invoices, things like that. Um, Trello and Basecamp are great for keeping track of project tasks. Um, I have certain clients who use Trello and certain clients who use Basecamp. So I switch between the both um, in terms of um, actual communication, day-to-day communication that's not over email. We pre- I use Slack and Boxer. Not a fan of Boxer, but some people like Boxer because they like the voice element of it. I'm not a big fan. I'm a millennial, so I like texting over sending a voice message. I think it's really weird. But, you know, you know that. <laughs> and um, I use Hootsuite to schedule posts on Instagram and Facebook just to make it easier. No, that, so that's a, that's a nice wee text. Like I hear what you're saying in terms of like Google Drive is what everyone uses. Most freelance writers, uh, you know, especially the ones I've spoken to, that tends to be how they manage everything. And, you know, tre- Trello and Basecamp are brilliant project management tools. So you're, so, so when you're working with a client, would you write up the content in your Google Doc and then drop it into the Trello boards and move it along to done and things like that? Is that how that would work? Uh, yeah, pretty much. That's how it works with some of the clients. Uh, some other clients, we have a shared Google Drive. So I just put the documents, then you go in there in the drive itself directly and then send them a ping on Slack and say like, hey, this is ready for you. Go check it out when you're ready or something like that. So it, it varies from client to client. <laughs> Oh, look, that's fine. And I guess it's just it's just good to understand for other people as well to see how people are, are managing it, you know, um, and that seems to be a very common way. You know, Google Drive is the one that comes up all the time and, you know, either Trello or Asana then to, to help manage, um, 
you know, Slack I use every day myself as well. Voxer. I mean, I wish Slack had voice messages because I'm the opposite. I'd rather leave somebody a 10 second voice message and type <laughs> just the way I am. But uh, look, it is what it is. Um, cool. So look, you, you know, have you got any advice or tips for, you know, people who are looking to get started uh, who, who would like to, I suppose maybe we could break it down, you know, you know, maybe people who, who are like, who would like to get out traveling and do teaching English first and, and we can dig into the freelance and then. So, yeah, if you don't mind. Okay. So advice for people who are looking to start teaching English and traveling. Um, teaching English is not for everyone, even though everybody who talks about the digital nomad lifestyle seems to recommend teaching English I don't think it's the best option for a lot of people and a lot of people are just interested in doing digital nomad the things for the Instagram worthy shots or to become an influencer if that's the case then teaching English is not really probably going to be very enjoyable for you and I've met quite a lot of people who've tried teaching English for one semester in Thailand and realized that firstly, they don't like children. Secondly, they hate teaching. <laughs> so why would you do this to yourself? <laughs> you know, like it, teaching English sounds like an easy way. Just because you speak English doesn't mean you can be good at teaching English because teaching is a skill and it is an underrated profession. I think it doesn't get as much respect as teachers deserve people I've met like really dedicated teachers who are really committed to their craft and when people kind of take it lightly they're like hey I speak English I can teach English um it kind of uh you know gives them a bad name and then you know a, as a foreign teacher in a country that doesn't speak English teaching English you are kind of like a representative of all of us who do this so if you're not committed and you're not interested in actually putting the work to grow in that capacity, then I would suggest find something else to do because there's lots of other ways you can travel and see the world without teaching English. I mean, you know, there's volunteering, there's finding a path in the digital nomad community in other ways like freelance writing or digital uh, design or anything else. You know, it doesn't always have to be teaching English. So... <laughs> No, absolutely. You know, and like I said, I mean, even I went to do it and then I, I just I spoke to some people who were doing it and I was like, no, I don't, I don't think this is for me. And, and that was when I started looking for freelance writing as an alternative option, you know. So it nicely leads into So, you know, if you were looking to get started in freelance writing and trying to pick up, you know, jobs to either doing freelance writing or doing podcast show notes, you know, what would be your advice if you had no sales, no clients, and, you know, you had a one-way ticket booked to Costa Rica in, in three months' time, you know, what would be your advice there now to somebody who was in that position? There's no easy way around um, hard work. Basically, you just need to keep hustling and whatever platforms, whether it's Upwork or, although I think Upwork has stopped taking applications for new freelance writers <laughs> because the market is so saturated. So find other platforms. There are lots and lots of platforms that are coming up um, try to connect even within your community. You don't have to, just because you're working as a digital nomad doesn't mean that your clients have to come from other places in the world. You know, you can find clients in your local community, wherever you may be. Um, and that's actually a great place to start. Your local community probably needs and trusts people from the community and you would know, understand their needs better. Just kind of approach it in a manner that says, hey, I'm open to working with you as a writer, just that I won't be coming into the office. And I think lots of companies are becoming more open to the idea of hiring a freelancer or a con on a contract basis, 
rather than a full-time employee just because they enjoy the benefits as well. So, you know, pitch an idea. There's no harm in asking. You won't ever know what someone's going to say or how they're going to respond until you ask. And if they say no, that's another reason to keep asking someone else because somebody else is going to say yes at some point. Absolutely. I mean, sales is definitely, you know, a huge part of it, no matter what business it is that you're in. And just to talk to that a little bit further. So when you were in Singapore or, you know, in places like that, would you go to meetups or, or business events to, you know, network and potentially find um, clients for your freelancing business? I've been to a couple of uh, small business owner kind of type meetings uh, just to see what kind of people turn up and to kind of put my name out there. I've had a couple of um, responses from these kind of networking events where you just kind of say like, hey, I'm a writer. And then they're like, oh, I know this person who's looking for a writer. I'll send them your contact details. And sometimes going to these networking events um, is just a good way to help people put a face to a name and, you know, build that kind of relationship. Because at the end of the day, it really just comes down to building relationships with people, whether in person or over Facebook groups or whatever it is. If you don't have a relationship with someone, they're not going to trust you and know you and like you and work with you ultimately. So that's my advice. Just put yourself out there. Like even if you're traveling, talk to the other people you meet on your travels. If you're sitting in a bar or in a co-working space, talk to someone. They're not going to bite you. (laughs) And at the very best, they might have something to offer you or like to refer you to someone who might be interested in what you have. For sure. I mean, I definitely found as a freelance writer during my time and for anyone I know who's done it, connecting with SEOs and going to SEO meetups and conferences was always beneficial because people who do SEO for a living, you know, their clients are SEO. Content is often a product that they need, you know, constantly. So and you meet a lot of these people if if you're in those communities. And like you're saying, it doesn't have to be in the co-working space, could be at the bar, you're just having a chat. Who are you? What do you do? Swap your details, connect with them. No, and like you're saying, it's about building meaning from relationships because people do business with people who they know, like, and trust. So it doesn't change doesn't change when it's online business, you know? So, But if you're in a position where you can meet up with these people on a local level, you know, it's definitely beneficial to do that. To do that. Sweet. So, Crunch, perfect. Look, uh, thank you for taking the time to come on. So where can people find you if they were looking to connect with you? And uh, keeping in mind, I'll make sure to link to your websites and profiles and everything in the show notes at um the podcast um so you can find out more about the work that i do at crunch ranjani that's c-r-u-n-c-h-r-a-n-j-a-n-i dot wordpress.com and that's my business website and i also have a personal blog where you can read more about my travels called love child of the world dot wordpress.com and i'm on instagram at crunch teeny that's c-r-u-n-c-h-t-i-n-i and if you just search crunch ranjani on facebook or linkedin i will appear <laughs> perfect no look thank you very much and like i said i'll i'll make sure to link out to all of this uh, i'm not 100 percent on the podcast episode number so i i'll do an i'll do an outro at the end of the podcast and i'll make sure to you know uh, link people out to the right um places so look crunch thank you very much appreciate you coming on sharing your journey both teaching english and you know working as a freelance writer and building the business Um, thank you very much i'm sure some people will, will find this informative and helpful on their journey um creating a location independent lifestyle thank you so much for having me 
Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you found it actionable and inspiring, please be sure to give us a rating on iTunes and share it on your social media profiles. You know, tag us on Instagram. Um, you know, get the word out there. Share it in any Facebook groups that you're in where, where people might be freelancers, remote employees, um, online entrepreneurs, anywhere that you feel and anyone that you feel could benefit from learning from today's insights and and the story and the journey of this entrepreneur who is on today's podcast and um, please help get the word out there and you know every rating helps every every new listener helps and you know, all we're trying to do here is to inspire people and you know share stories to show that it is possible to create that digital nomad lifestyle and also just you know the real nitty-gritty of what it actually takes to build an online business whether that be as a freelancer or as an online business owner thank you for listening i'm your host adam finan Thank you for listening to the Digital Nomad Cafe podcast. Head over to the website to access the resources and links mentioned in today's episode at digitalnomadcafe.com.